And we also have Alex Coton. Coton. <laughs> and thank you guys very much. So what's going on, Victor? What's new with you? Uh, welcome for uh, having us here, man. Happy uh, Wednesday. And what you got to do what you always do. Do The Rock. Well, The Rock says, finally, The Rock and Alex have come back to MSMC Media. Well done. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Oh, and he gave the eye, too. There you go. So how'd you lose all this weight? Well, uh, you know, I said my prayers, drank my milk, ate my vitamins, and uh, nah, nah, I um, I actually uh, decided to take myself a little bit more serious. Um, I think when we did the, when we were doing Wings, Wheels, and Fashion um, uh, two years ago, which we'll get into that as well, um, I wasn't where I wanted to be physically, so I, I thought I needed to make some changes, um, clearly not give away, not give up any uh, vodka, but uh <laughs> Decided to eat very clean. Um, I got with a nutritionist, uh, 35 grams of protein, carbs, five grams of fat, or yeah, five grams of fat, five meals a day. No seasoning, no salt, uh, no carbonated drinks. So whenever I had any liquor, I'd have it like, you know, like say Tito's and water. Uh, and I did that for about three and a half weeks, lost 23 pounds, 24 wow. pounds. Then I pedestrianly was doing it over a course of a few months. And now I went from 240 all the way down to 187. And you saw all this happen? I did. And it happened quick too, so congratulations, Vic. Yeah, thanks, my man. What was it? What's with the carbonated? Why can you have carbonated liquid? That's what I was thinking too. Why not soda? Yeah, no, no sodas, no nothing. I guess it's just part of the whole, you know, really, really keep down the sugar intake as well. Right, but soda water doesn't have any sugar. True. That's what I thought too. I thought like you like but sparkling just, water. You know, so, I guess okay, no well, more vodka soda. Well, for me. The, <laughs> the reason being was that I was supposed to have no liquor with this diet. So that my teacher said, if you're gonna have it, if you're gonna have it with anything, just have it with water. Don't have it with anything else. You shouldn't even be drinking at all. But hey, hey, it worked, right? Yeah. yeah. So when's the uh, next Wheels, Wings, and Fashions, guys? Coming up early April. Early April. Wow. Where's it gonna be at? Same place, Fort Lauderdale Executive, or not Executive International Airport. That was awesome last time. You guys put on a good show. You thank re- you. You really did. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, there it is. I- I've always loved the opening of this. This was, you should, was you should from, never change that slider. I don't care if twenty years from now. <laughs> this was from uh, two years. So you're gonna do it in April. You don't. Why are you doing it earlier? It was April last year too. Was it? Yeah. It's losing my mind. Time's it's going so fast. First week. Yeah. What What do you have special with this one? We're gonna have to outdo it somehow. So you got to give some hints. We'll, we'll see. More airplanes. Longer air show. They were giving you could go and get like a cruise, right? So this guy's man, he's a beast. He'd get on stage. Okay, that all three of you. Boom. You know, really good. Really, really good. It was fun. Absolutely. I think if we go if we go to the our Wheels Wheels uh Wheels Wings in Fashion Instagram. I know you have the T V T on there, but if you can go to Instagram, um Yeah, he has to pull up another tab. Well the good thing is Alex can explain this, so what we did that separated this event from all the others was the uh, jet fighter, uh, you know, little air show air demonstration. Show. And Alex, you can go ahead and talk about that because that was done yeah. for you. Sure, yeah. So <laughs> some of my friends brought their fighter jets and they wanted to do a little show, a flyby. So just one. We we're expecting one flyby, but we got Fort Lauderdale International Airport to shut down their airspace. Do a ground hold. I have to ask, how the hell did you guys do that? Four free tickets to the air traffic controllers. <laughs> <laughs> that easy, huh? It's, well, you it's are, that easy. You are a negotiator. I've read right. your entire past. Whew. So we made it happen with some free ticket giveaways. Yeah. 
Now, when you were growing, when you were coming up, you started like dealing bankruptcies and just killing it. Yeah, that was out of college actually, and I started off getting my Series Seven. I said I'm going to be a stockbroker, and I did that when I was 20 years old. Then I realized I didn't know any people that had wealth or money to manage, <laughs> and I thought that hey, if I get this license, I'll be trading stocks, making money. But that was not the case. And then you moved on. You moved on from there, but you stayed with it. And then you started fighting. What were you, you were like breaking down? So like if if somebody had bad credit or, or you guys took a bad loan. You were just crushing it. Like you would find it and you would do it ethically and fix it. Correct. Yeah. So we were buying bad debt and then collecting on it, offering people discounts and fixing their credit. Wow. There it is. Okay, here they come. Ready? Now, you doing? <laughs> that was awesome. Didn't we delay some flights with that? We did. We yeah. we actually auctioned off two flights in one of those jets. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy man. But seriously, how do you do it? And not so you you did get sick originally, but then how do you get over that height and flying so that fast? My first flight lesson was about 15 years ago, and it was in a small Cessna, basic, straight and level. I got so sick, I almost threw up. So once we landed, I was beyond disappointed. So I said, this just isn't for me if I can't even go straight and stay healthy. So I, I read a book that was written about a fighter jet pilot, and he put his email in, in the end. I always wanted to fly fighters. So I said, am I just done here? Is there anything I can do about this? He said, just stick with it. Keep flying, and it'll get better. He said, I used to get sick too, but you can work your way through it. So I just kept going. And going and going and it got easier each time how long until you like didn't get sick anymore where it was just it was about a year just to fly small planes worked my way through it and i said i'm going to work my way up to a fighter jet the most extreme flying the hardest thing you can do on your body awesome man congratulations thank you and what are you doing with the uh speed dating oh that's coming up pretty soon <clears throat> it's actually taking <laughs> on a life of its own man it, it's uh you know, we started off with like, you know, 20 people, and now it's up to like 75, 80. Um, the ratio always tends to be a little bit more females than males, but this one coming up is very close. They're very like, you know, on par with as many, many uh, amount of males and females attending the event. My partner is Lana. She's an amazing, um, an amazing spokesperson, a uh, great personality, and uh, she does a phenomenal job with this event along with us and the Delray uh, Beach Market. So we do it on the second floor of the Mez. And each one has turned out, you know, even better than, than the previous one, which is great. We do more of a, it's a, it's a Zodiac. Well, originally we started as a Zodiac speed dating, but now depending on, you know, sometimes the, the, the scheduling doesn't work in, in our favor when we try to do like new moons and full moons and see if we can <laughs> add a little bit extra, you know, that spice, you know. Um, but it's, it's a great way, um, not really necessarily just to meet like maybe a potential someone, but it's just a great way to meet people, period. Or have or meet friends. For sure. I mean, you're on your phone. You're swiping left and right, depending on what you know what uh, you know search yeah, engine you're at. Maybe and, like have some human and, and now you're actually seeing <laughs> you're actually seeing people. Not not to mention you get the you get like three to five minutes to talk to them and figure out if there's a connection. Figure out if there's any synergy. Maybe there's some kind of line of business that they're doing that you're doing that maybe you can work together or can complement. And you never know. So it it turns out to be a really fun overall event. Um, I'm surprised we haven't called it more of a speed dating slash networking event. 
But for right now, it's great. People have fun. People have met each other. People have dated from it. Anybody got married yet? Not yet. No. But <laughs> I, I think if you change it to networking as well, you'd open it up to more people. I agree. And Alex, where are you originally from? Buffalo, New York. Buffalo, New so York. So totally different than here. This episode is brought to you by Fiji. More than just water. This is not just rock. It's ancient volcanic rock that filters tropical rain, giving it double the electrolytes and its signature soft, smooth taste. It's not just water. It's Fiji water. Again, that's FijiWater.com. Slash MSCS, $5 off and free shipping. This podcast is brought to you by Monster Energy. Tear into a can of the meanest energy drink on the planet, Monster Energy. It's the ideal combo of the right ingredients in the right proportion to deliver a big bad buzz that only Monster can. Monster packs a powerful punch, has a smooth, easy drinking flavor. Athletes, musicians, co-eds, road warriors, metalheads, geeks, hipsters, and bikers dig it. You will too. Monster Energy is more than just the green OG. Monster has Monster Ultra, Juice Monster, Monster Hydro, Rehab Monster, Dragon Tea, Monster Max, Muscle Monster, and many more. Buy on Amazon, buy on Walmart, or go to monsterenergy.com and believe me, you'll find a place. Unleash the beast. Monster Energy. Whoa. That blew me away. Cold. Middle, middle class upbringing, Buffalo, New York. I hated cold weather. The only thing I liked was snowmobiling, but besides that, it was misery all winter long. I grew up in Pennsylvania, so I know. Where about? Uh, Lebanon, Pennsylvania, right outside of Philadelphia. Okay. Like right by South Philly. Got it. And I remember the snowblower and the oh, shoveling yeah. and the kid going yep. up the door for like five bucks. You don't know nothing about that. No, you <laughs> open your car door, all the <laughs> snow falls on oh, your seat. Man. And then you go to try to push it open and the ice has it locked. Yep. Oh, boy. Oh. The worst, never again. And then what made you finally come down here? Other than freezing to death. I broke up with a serious girlfriend. And, and <laughs> oh, so a girl kept you in Alaska. So, so that, that was a part of it. And then I had a business that actually failed. It had over 100 employees. And the economy changed 2007, 2008. Oh. And we went from doing really well to horrible. What business was that? That, that, that was in the debt collections business. Really? So it just got crushed alongside the economy. And that really kept me there, having all the employees. So once the economy crashed, got back on my feet for a little while, I said, you know what? I'm done with this. There's nothing holding me here in Buffalo. And then you came down here. And then, and what would you do when you first got down here? So we're still doing some of the debt collection work, but <clears throat> more on the investment end. So we did that. We were able to outsource all the call center work. And... It, made it kind of a, a remote type job where we didn't have to be in a big office. And then in 16, you co-found uh, the vodka. Monkey in Paradise Vodka, by mistake. I can't believe that. When I read that, I couldn't believe it. Not only by mistake, I never wanted to be in the vodka business, liquor business, aviation business. Any sexy business is hard. Now, how does one come up with, like, how do you make a vodka? Or how do you become a co-founder of, of a vodka? Like, how does that work? So I like entertaining people at my condo. And we use red Solo cups. Then we walk to the bars. But what would happen, people would mix up their red Solo cup. Vic would grab mine. I'm like, hey, you have my drink. Vice versa. So I came up with the idea to put little plastic monkey cocktail markers on people's drinks. Smart. Red, a, a red little Smart. cocktail marker on yours, blue on mine, orange on his. Problem solved. 
Then we'd go out to the bars and bring these little monkeys. People would say, hey, what is that? Can I have one? What does it mean? It became this conversation starter. So we gave these monkeys out. People would meet new people. Guys would meet girls even. It was just wild. Then people would send me pictures of these little monkeys. <laughs> I got sick of getting the pictures. <laughs> and I said, Instagram's for pictures. It's a monkey. We live in paradise. Monkey in paradise, Instagram, and Facebook was born. Perfect. It grew to 10,000 followers after about a year. So two of my best friends and I said, what are we going to do with this? Should we sell these little monkeys at gas stations? Or what should we do? And we're out at a bar. Because you got to do something with the monkeys. So we saw all the liquor brands and said, how boring are these brands? We already have this fun lifestyle brand. If we make it a vodka, it can be really successful. And then how do you do that? Because you got to get like the bottling licensing. Isn't it a whole nightmare? That's not the hard part. The hard part is the branding and growth. So to create the vodka, we went around to local distilleries. We found who had the best private label. A lot of these vodka companies just buy a private label and put it in their bottle. So it's the same exact liquid. We want our own. So we said, make it better. Make us the best vodka you can. And we'll buy that formula. So we bought the formula. We launched the vodka in the West Palm Beach market. We won the San Francisco World Spirits Competition as the number one vodka. Congratulations. And we didn't know anything about distilling. <laughs> we just got really, really lucky with picking the right distillation partner and wanting to buy that formula. And also I think a big thing was that you made sure it was your own type because I know a lot of guys that do Correct. exactly what you say. They, they get, you know, they'll go order five, hundred bottles, you know, exactly, glass bottles, yeah. and they'll go get, uh, like, Vladimir vodka and put it in. Exactly. Put in, uh, it's very know, common. You know, no, really, it is. I, I know a lot of people that used to do that. So that, For that's, sure. That's huge. You know, and that's, like, everybody knows that around here. Yeah. <laughs> we, I mean, it started off in my condo, and, <laughs> and today it's a national brand. Were you around with, were you around with him when this all popped off? When uh, we became friends just after that. But I was doing a lot of events, so we we had had the same uh, you know circle of friends, so to speak. Uh, I had met him, and Nick, uh, Seth, Frank, uh, numerous numerous times, and we got along so well that you know one at one moment when I found out that he was going to go this direction with the vodka, so I knew him when they had just the little monkey. Oh, you knew about the monkey? Yeah. Oh yeah. So <clears throat> so I was like, hey man, any events that I have, I'd love to you know support you. Get, you know, have the brand, get a little brand awareness at our events, and it worked out that way, or, or other places that would benefit as well. And that's how we also grew our friendship as well. It just started, started with Monkey in Paradise, to be honest with you. It did. That's how your friendship started, huh? Yep. A, a lot of great things came from Monkey in Paradise, including building my personal brand. So I started building my personal brand along Monkey in Paradise, and that really got bigger on, on social media and opened up all kinds of amazing opportunities. Because once it, people knew that you made that, that was it. Well, it was game over. Well, well, they loved the story. <laughs> Those three guys from a middle-class upbringing, they were able to create something special and went all in with their life savings and took this massive, massive gamble. And th that's actually what really propelled me in aviation was th these wealthy people saw what, what we created, how hard we worked, and built a lot of great friendships in aviation. Eventually got me flying privately on fighter jets and built an amazing friendship in the aviation world. And within this, you also got your own column, right? A couple, yeah. Yeah, you got Because everybody loved the story. Florida Weekly, right? Is that yeah, Florida Weekly newspaper approached me and said, we love your story so much. Why don't you write 
about things happening in Florida, businesses in Florida. And that, I mean, that just goes hand in hand. Boom, bada bang, right? And then after you, you do that, you get done with that, and then what happens once it starts taking off? Well, Florida fall, Weekly turned turn into Flying Magazine, Forbes, and really propelled. Yeah, I saw yeah, Forbes. I was yeah. like, wow. I saw the articles, too. I mean, when you get to writing Forbes, I mean, you got to go home and just be like, I'm the fucking man. See, I hate, <laughs> I hate writing. It's torture to me. And I can only write if I'm super inspired by something. So I don't write all that often because I have to really have a passion for the subject. If you pay me $10,000 to write about something random, I couldn't do it. But if it was about like cocktails or, or paradise or something like yeah, that. So something yeah, something that relates to me very personally. Yeah, so if you're not interested in it, forget it. But forget if you're it. interested, get away from me. That's kind of like, get any, out of the it's kind of like anything I do. I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what are you doing with Simp Simple Smile <laughs> Production? You always got something going on. They just started a 360 uh, photo booth company. That's actually a video of me test trying my actual, uh, I bought this uh, LED mirrored one of a kind 360 booth. So when we, when Alex and I and Nick were doing, and Derek were doing our uh, recent uh, Wheels, Wings and Fashion, we were looking for 360 booths. And um, you know, they're the new ones that kind of rotate around and people get on it, like two to three people at a time get on it. and this little the iPad or, or your phone go around. It goes around one way and the other way. It's just a new new version of a photo booth. It's really catchy now. It's done in a lot of weddings, a lot of engagement parties, a lot of charity events. So we had a hard time getting one, and finally I was able to get one. Um, little did I know that one of our sponsors brought one. So that's a whole different story. So I was thinking to myself, I'm like, you know what? I was I was looking at the price ranges. I was seeing how much they um, how much it was to rent them out. Also, the distance. I mean, people, you know, if you couldn't find any, you needed one from Miami, well, then they were charging you a fee for that. They were charging you for this, 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 this. It got me thinking. I was like, well, you know what? Let me do it myself. I mean, I know a lot of people. I know I do a lot of events. I know a lot of wedding planners. I know just a lot of the right people that do other events, a lot of nonprofits. It sells itself. I mean, it's, so, it's a one-of-a-kind machine. That's the thing, Ryan. I think I saw one on uh, Clematis by the Improv. Mm -hmm. They have one, like, it spins around, and then there's, like, a cell phone. It's up to and then yep. takes pictures. Yeah, exactly. Around I've like seen that. that one too. Yeah, they have one right there in Clement. That's cool. And now, what are you going to do? You're going to put them all around? Like, well, how are you going to beat the competition? Well, I mean, obviously, it's just going to start off with just the people that I know, the people that are very connected. Uh, again, wedding planners, people that own limo limo services, anything that has an, an event attachment to it. I mean, I've already had so many inquiries by so many places that the goal is to get more of these. You know, about myself and Aaron, uh, who I do uh, my pub crawls with, uh, we partnered up together on this together to do this. And uh, it's, it's a neat. It's it's catchy. And when you get on one of these bad boys, I mean, they're cool looking, right? But they're just plain. They're plain black. Now, ours is like mirrored glass LED. Now that I'm saying this, watch. Now everyone's going to try to go, go, go you know, You put some one. LEDs in there? This is an LED mirrored one. Or <clears throat> what you saw, there's an LED mirrored. It has it changes different lights. When you get on there, you see a reflection of yourself. There's not one 360 booth right now unless you really spend the big bucks to get those. But, you know, we can, we can, there's, I don't want to give away the Willy Wonka, you know, tricks on this, if but you it's, it's going to be good. If you got that into a festival, like where, with kids, well, That'd you, be enough for the rest of your if life. If you have plenty, you retire. If you have like three, four of them, <laughs> yeah. but yes, I mean one of these. You know the way it is, it's going to set itself up for others, and uh, we're excited. It's just an extra avenue of income to have, and I mean these make a lot of money. Like if you sell it out properly, three, four days a, a week. Uh, you I mean, know, you buy. You know, you 
put out the capital. Yeah. People keep coming in, and it adds up pretty quick. Get that thing to the South Florida Fair, Victor. Yeah, well, so. that's what I'm saying. He puts that there, game over. Absolutely. With the LEDs. Exactly. So, I mean, it's, it's You should cool. copyright that as soon as you leave here. <laughs> <laughs> you and Alex need to go to the copyright. But it's, it's an awesome, it's an awesome uh, device. I mean, that thing yeah, right there, you can have three people get up on top of that and have fun with it. Yeah. it. We're playing it right next to that spot. That, that thing's really nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, see, the other ones aren't like that. You can't see your face like that. No, not at all. I mean, it's pretty cool. And then what do you have uh, coming up with uh, TBT Magazine with uh, social media? Yes. That's a big thing, right? The Berman Brothers, um, they've gone global. Um, Alex, are you you part of this? I'm not. This is actually a video of what they've done. Well, he's going to be, he's actually (laughs) one of my guests. Vic forgot about me on this one. (laughs) (laughs) So this is part of uh, one of their events that they've done. Um, the Berman brothers are an incredible law group, uh, one of the best uh, injury attorneys, and they do a lot more than that. But now they've sunk their teeth into uh, everything and anything that they can. Um, if you've been to their place, their new uh, location in Boca, they do just more than just attorneys. I mean, they they have a magazine. Uh, they, they work with jets. They work with yachts. Um, they, they, they do it all. So they've gone global. This is their magazine uh, that they launched uh, a few months ago, and they're about to do now a social media cover edition in August at Sway Nightclub in Fort Lauderdale. Wow. Uh, I think that's Bodie Jenner that was playing right there. Now, how long um, does that, well, like when you have a, <clears throat> when you have that going on and you have it, you know, locally, how long does that take to get it worldwide, nationwide, all over the place? Well, I mean, that's more of a question for them than, yeah. than me. I mean, I'm just, you know, one of the guys that came on board to help out with the events. Um, magazines is obviously something that I, I don't really have a, a lot of uh, knowledge in. Uh, Alex, do you? Do you know how that goes with, with uh, I do not. Meeting? But what we can't, I'm just a writer here. Come on. But, but what we can tell you is this: is that this event, you know, the, the Bermans when they do an event, it's always you know all in. It's always a production. Um, it's going to be an amazing event. It's going to be, like I said, it's a social media edition. So they're going to have a lot of influencers, a lot of celebs, um, a lot of people that are invited have a serious following. Um, they got uh, Chavi McCoy, who sang "Billionaire" with Bruno Mars. He's performing. Oh wow! They got Bad Baby, not Bad Bunny, but Bad Baby. And she's had a couple. <laughs> she's had a couple videos with over 25 million views on YouTube. Who's Bad Bunny? Uh, bad. You don't know who Bad Bunny is. Do you know who Bad Bunny? Is? No. <laughs> I I, do you know who Bad Bunny is? He was, just, <laughs> he was just here last weekend and took over Miami. Oh, I heard the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The Puerto Rican superstar. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Well, he just did like 11 million in in, uh, in sales uh, ticket for his concert uh, last Alex, weekend. Uh, wow. We have our problems. Uh, we should probably know him. Yeah. <laughs> 11 million? Uh, 11.5, I think. 11.5. Yeah. I'm in the wrong business. We're in the wrong business. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so a bad baby there. Um, I forget the the female influencer that's going to be the host. But they do a great job. So it's going to be an amazing event. Is this Steve um, on Friday we're going to evict? Friday the 26th. Got it. Okay. Yeah, and you Fort can get tickets right there on the right next to that, Scott. Hey, Scott, can you pull up the uh, TBT promo video? TBT Magazine Glow Party, August 26th at Sway Nightclub in Fort Lauderdale. Live performance by Travi McCoy from Jim Class Heroes. Hosted by internet sensation Amanda Cerny. And a special performance by Bad Baby. Forget it was Amanda Cerny. I love her. <laughs> but anyway, she, she's awesome. But again, it's going to be an amazing event. You got two performances. You got her hosting it. You got a slew of a lot of influencers there. Alex, by the way, is a serious social media influencer himself. So, how can you have the party without the man? I don't and- know about that. You're hyping me up a little bit. <laughs> but it's going to be an amazing event. 
Um, there's still tickets available to it. Um, there's and so you can go on you know on the website. You it's can this go Friday. On. No, it's next Friday. Next Friday. Okay. Yeah, next Friday. So it's gonna it's gonna be awesome. I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it. And uh, yeah, we're taking Fort Lauderdale by storm. How do you manage your time? Uh, that's a great question. I asked you that last time, and I still don't you know. know it's it. gotten easier. Um, you know, I've I've been able to balance it in the sense of just making the time. You know, I mean, make sure in times throughout the day that I allocate for this, 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 and as long as I keep repeating that cycle, then I'm good with what I do. Especially when I was losing all that weight too, because you got to think within the industry that part of the industry that I'm at. You know, the nightlife, I mean, you have these crazy hours, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm up till, you know, sometimes two, three, four in the morning, you know, on the weekend because I have to. Um, and then if I'm, if my last meal is at eight o'clock, nine o'clock, well, guess what? At two in the morning, I'm going to be hungry. Factor in all the alcohol and I'm going to be super hungry. I'm going to be like freaking, you know, cookie monster out there, you know? So, so I had to really balance that. I had to like, you know, and it started with making some changes there. And then obviously now, uh, with the speakeasy and everything else I've been doing, you know, managing all that, um, I mean, I've, 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 you know, devised a plan to where, how effective I can be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then let the weekend just be the weekend. How, how is the speakeasy going? It's been phenomenal. Uh, in fact, this guy right here is, he's, uh, you know, one of my VIPs there, you know, Mr. Ooh, Mr. So tell me about it. <laughs> tell me all about it. Tell him how the speakeasy. So it's my absolute favorite spot because you have, you have the right crowd there all the time. It's never shoulder to shoulder. So it's truly an exclusive lounge to hang out at. It's never so loud with the music you can't talk. Like you can actually have a conversation. Exactly, you can network yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. We, we still kept the integrity of the passwords. You know, I remember the last time I was here, was yeah. we were just starting this whole process, believe it or not. Yeah. And that's working. And it's been working, yeah. I mean, we, we stay true to the passwords. We change it every night, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We've we've done a lot of bookings, a lot of, uh, a lot of buyouts, do a lot of theme parties. Um, and it's worked. I mean, from when we started in January, we did like a lot of guerrilla marketing, so to speak. I mean, using our networks to invite guests. And then, you know, from there, you know, people that found about found out about the place, then, you know, we had a mail list and constantly, you know, sending in the emails. But, you know, for the first couple of months, it's like you, you, you throw all these invites, you know, I can only send you so many Eventbrite links to RSVP. Yeah. So I stopped doing that. So yeah, nobody, to, nobody wants their RSVP. Right, yeah. so, so I just wanted to see, okay, well then waiting to see who's going to come, not, oh God, I would kill you. Cause it's like, you just don't know. And then, but then the, 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 the mass mailers started taking into place, started really helping. Now it's like, it's, we're, we're very busy on Fridays and Saturdays or Thursdays and Sundays go along with, you know, if people are out now we're in the summertime. So things tend to be slow, but for us, it's actually worked out pretty well. Um, you know, me being a competitive individual as it is, trying to make the money, trying to put the numbers for everybody to be happy. Um, you know, January was our best month. Uh, May came close. June came close to January. And then July beat um, January. And now August is about to beat July. So we're, we're going in the right direction. Season's about to come around. And uh, it's it's been awesome. It's been an incredible experience. Um, I've got an incredible staff that I work with. Um, our craft cocktails have been amazing. Um, I brought in some new people. I got a bar manager as well, Caitlin. Um, she's been phenomenal. So we're about to do an unveiling of our craft, our new craft uh, cocktail menu, which is just amazing. I think there's about like ten different drinks, eleven new drinks that are going to be introduced. Um, all going to have mobster incredible names. And take, they're going to be deadly. They might kill you. you know, now. <laughs> we'll have body bags waiting for you. But um, I remember when them craft beers came out. I had a. I think I had three or four beers or three or four bars. We were like doing the vapes and the, the beer and the wine and the, the whole thing like four years ago before they put the tax in. And 
the craft beer just started to get popular. And I remember I had a chocolate one, and fuck. But it tasted like chocolate, like you you had a milkshake. Okay. And it rocked you. I mean, one just put you in your ass. Yeah, I wouldn't advise you to drink all these crap cocktails. You know, I mean, if you if you do, I mean, hey. You know. Well, that'll be called that'll be called a flight, right? If you did, if you did every single one. I mean, we are going to offer a flight. Um, you know, I'd be doing myself a disservice if I didn't talk about everything that we're offering outside of you know regular uh, mixed drinks and beer. But yes, we're going to have flights. Um, like I said we're going to unveil like the ten to twelve craft cocktails. Um, different wines, uh, wines that people haven't heard of, but they're phenomenal. Um, but again, it's it, uh, you know we're about to build a deck, um, uh, about a month or so, getting approval from the city and everything. So that's going to be a game changer. You'll be able to smoke cigars and cigarettes out there with humidors. Oh, that'll be huge. Yeah, a lot of great things coming. I mean, we have to implement a membership. Uh, we're a five hundred three C seven, so uh, we've been working on it, um, and we're hoping to roll that out. What does that soon. mean? Five hundred three. We're a member social gathering club. Oh, yeah. So, I'm, I'm, when he was in here last time, he was just kind of like putting all this together. Okay, like, well, so it's been a while. It was like right. It was where it was going to be, how you were going to do it, right? Passwords, what days, and boom. It's amazing how it's you know. It's only and, been six months. And inviting the right people. I mean, Alex can attest. I mean, when you're in her place, I mean, we've got some of the more rare types of uh, liquor around you. You got different, really high end brandy, whiskey, uh, bourbon. Um, you know, I mean, but they're just around you at all times. People always say, hey, man, how come, you know, are you sure that you can just let people walk around like this? <laughs> but it really comes down to, you know, knowing your target audience, who you're going to invite, uh, trusting them, you know, just believing that the people are going to do the right thing. And they respect the venue, which is number one, you know, no matter how tipsy you get, um, everybody respects the venue. So furniture, everything's looked beautiful since we've opened. And we, I think we've only broken one glassware. I'm gonna say two actually. I broke one on accident last week, by accident. It was just like just cleaning stuff around. But well, like you said, when, when you have good people around, you want to keep things nice. You know, you don't want to trash it up. So if you keep it that way, then everybody respects. If you spill a drink, just get a napkin and clean it up. Right. I, I thought I almost saw the chandelier get knocked down a couple <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> that craft beer will do it to you. <laughs> uh, allegedly, allegedly, we had some uh, Jurassic Park uh, stunt doubles and, and <laughs> speakeasy at a theme party that we won't talk about. But the chandelier was, you know, I was hearing that chandelier song, yeah. you know. But yeah, it was. Uh, but you know, we have we have a really good crowd of people, fun, fun, you know, fun people that are there and they're respectful and. It's been great. A lot of the island people come over and love the place. I'm happy. Yeah. Right? I thought it was great. I love when people I, from Palm Beach come over. I Palm Beach you. people come over and they look and they see our selection of liquor. They're like, damn. But Victor, you make sure the right people are there. You personally invite them. He hand selects who is invited and those people show up for you. Yeah. Which I think is really special. And I appreciate that, man. It means a lot. Now, you can negotiate like your ass off. So if somebody's watching that wants to be a negotiator or they're in an piles of business meetings and you know they're 50 50 you seem to be like 90 percent <laughs> i try you the know? one though you lost the one <laughs> <laughs> i try uh what are some tips that you would give you know if you're in a situation trying to negotiate and you know you're losing so like what are some tips that you would give take over control and if you can't walk away just walk away walk away come back with a fresh head and when you say take over control like what do you what do you mean you, you have to be in power of the negotiation. So if you walk so, in and you don't feel like you're in power, just walk right out. Just walk out for now because you're not going to win if you're not in power. Wow. That's tough to do. It is. 
because you're always thinking in the back of your head, now I can do it, I can do it. But you're just wasting your time, right? It's like a, if a girl's being disrespectful to you at a bar, what do you do? Do you keep negotiating or you walk away? You're asking you, you, me? You walk away. You're, you're asking an idiot over here. <laughs> Ask him. <laughs> or not or him. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's really, so you walk in, if you don't have the upper hand, just get the hell out of there. Absolutely. And then you got really into social media and branding. So what are what are some real big things with branding? I've always I was always interested in how that the, how the whole branding process worked, you know, because you don't you need like this umbrella on top of this umbrella, or how does it work? Yeah, so, so my niche has always been lifestyle. So my passions are cars, airplanes, boats. So I built upon that that type of lifestyle and tied it in. So for instance, with Monkey in Paradise vodka, we had our logos on speedboats. So at boat races poker runs, at sandbars, you'd see the logo there all the time. Same thing in aviation, at, at air shows. There's fighter jets, Monkey in Paradise logos. Cars, exotic cars, Monkey in Paradise logos. So it, it really was a lifestyle brand that transitioned into the liquor and kept this whole lifestyle theme. It's almost like if I tell you that those curtains are red, and I keep saying the red, 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 red. Eventually, you're going to think maybe they are red, right? <laughs> I mean, exactly. Yeah. Terms, you know. What? Ha can I ask you something about cars? Sure. I love Lamborghinis. Why the fuck did they stop making the the Gallardo? Because the Huracan is so much better. Then you think so? I know so. I haven't had. A, I've never had a Huracan. I had the Gallardo Spider, the the regular Gallardo. I didn't like the Aventador, but really the Huracan. Why? How's it better? Because it has that double clutch, oh, so it shifts oh, so it, much faster. They put a double clutch in it. But, but I do miss the single cl clutch on how hard it hits. Yeah. So, so you lose that aggressive hit. You want to hear but, a funny story? Let's hear it. <laughs> I was fighting with my ex-wife at the time. So she's coming out the door to scream, you know, scream and go crazy. And you know when the, the Glardo, the reverse button was just I the did, button yeah. right there on sure. the left-hand side? Well, I'm like, fuck, the garage wasn't all the way up yet. Boom. And, I, you know, as soon as you hit that, and it just goes, oh, crush the crush the garage door, knock the bumper off the fucking Lambo, a bumper through a friend, just the bumper through a friend was thirteen. Yeah, ouch, <laughs> ouch, so. ouch. See, I don't like the Aventador either. I think it's clunky. It's yep. way too big. I don't like it at all. I mean, I like how it looks. It's it looks gorgeous. Bad. Yeah, but but, I'm, but the, the transmission's sloppy. It's too big. Yeah. It's kind of like a, I don't know if you like Rolls Royces, but I think they're too heavy. Yeah. Too We're too young for that. I was always a Bentley, Bentley Lamborghini guy. Not really Ferrari. I drove a Countach for my first time last week. Oh, shit. That was the car on my wall. So that was a really cool experience. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. They only make what? How many do they make them a year? Well, no, the Countach was in, in the 1970s and 80s. Yeah. The oh, original Countach. Oh, I thought they... I thought the the, the original them. scissor doors. Holy hell. I remember at the the wheel, the Wheels, Wings, and Fashion, you guys had the Back to the Future car. Yeah, the DeLorean. How cool was that? Yep. Talk about that. Because, I mean, that would bring anybody We had our friends from Supercars Week, or supercarsweek.com. Uh, Neil London helped us out with that. He had someone there that owned that car. And that car, when you look at it inside, I mean, it looked like what was it? it looked like straight out of the movie. Like every every. Oh, single, it's identical to the movie yeah, car. I mean, everything. It even had the hoverboard from Back to the Future too. Everything. You won't believe it. So here you got. They shut down the Fort Lauderdale airport. Basically, he's up <laughs> doing all kinds of crazy shit in the air with his buddies. They're going back and forth again. 
people are probably waiting for their planes going, Jesus, this asshole. More flying. <laughs> and then you're done and you start looking around, you know, regular cars, whatever, and you go, there's the fucking DeLorean from Back to the Future. And, I mean, this thing was identical. Identical. Yeah, it, it was pretty it, awesome. Like, I did a really great job. I mean, that event was pretty awesome. Everything that we did, everything that we had. Uh, we pulled it off for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was the, the challenge of changing from venue, you know, from venue to venue, from the Boca market to the Lauderdale market in under 60 days. I mean, you just don't ever, it's unheard of. You just don't do it, period. I mean, unless unless you are going through some kind of pandemic of some sort and you got to change venues or something like that. But just it's unheard of. Um, and we were able to pull it off. I mean, you know, just uh, it was it was a good uh, it was a good decision. Uh, you know, Jetscape was uh, very welcoming for us to come in there. They had the real estate to make it happen. I mean, they're, for that, four, that, fourteen hundred people. Yeah, it was it was a big event. Now, Alex, when you're going on stage and you're doing your thing back and forth, compared to the Fort Lauderdale one, to the other, what were, where was the other one at before? The signature. That? Yeah, the signature. How different is that? Well, it was a much larger crowd, much <laughs> larger hangar, better prizes. So it was exciting. I mean, how do you see though? Like, how do you see? Like, who's well, doing this? You have, you have lights. Guy, you have lights in your guy. eyes too, so it's hard. So you're squinting. Yeah, like he's up there, Scott. And I mean, they're going around. I mean, this is for real. For this isn't like this little event thing. And you got the bald guy. He's 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 selling also ice to an Eskimo, <laughs> but he's making deals like good fucking deals, man. Yeah, no, we 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 uh, auctioned off a lot of awesome, awesome uh, items and a lot of space. I like the space that you could really walk around and enjoy everything. And that was a pretty big hanger. I mean, I think it was the same same square footage. No, it was bigger. Okay, yeah, <clears throat> it was beautiful. You know, and the staff, the people there that we worked with, they were all great to work with. So, you know. So what's the next thing that you're looking forward to? Next thing I'm looking forward to. Hmm. Looking forward to season starting here. So we'll have all kinds of events going on. That's when my friends come and visit from up north. So I'm ready for it to cool down a little bit here. Are you into polo? A little bit. I go a couple times during season. I'm trying to get into it. You got to get me into it. What do you think of Polo this year? Well, we had an awesome season, obviously post-COVID. Uh, um, well, depending on who you talk to. But, uh, yeah, it was an incredible season. Um, I continue to have, a, for in, individually, I had an amazing, amazing year. I bro- like each year, I keep breaking my record personal sales. Um, work with an incredible staff. Um, and we just got bought out by U.S. Polo. Uh, different group, and uh, you know, I think this is the third time I've been with this group. I've been with IPC for seven years now. This is the third different group to buy it out. I didn't hear that. Yeah, it, it did. It did. So it happened uh, right, bef- like right after the the U.S. Open final, I think. And um, you know, my my true feelings on this is, you know, it's always great to you know see new people come in and 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 hopefully take IPC to where it needs to be. Um, I've been, uh, you know, lucky enough to be around for, uh, for as long as I've been. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be coming back, you know, I don't mind taking a year off to be honest with you, because for six, seven years, I've given up my January to April <laughs> every so, Sunday, every Sunday. And I'm not saying that in case anyone's watching this, that I don't want to come back. I'm just saying that if I don't, there's no hard feelings, but if there is, you're doing the best thing, bring me back. I mean, come on. Um, like Roger Federer is to Wimbledon, I'm, I'm, I'm the pole. <laughs> that's so a fact. That's, that's how it is. So. Alex, what do you think about like the economy and everything that's going on? I mean, you've dealt with all kinds of stuff throughout your life. You know, your life is just wild. When you look at the world right now, like, how do you see things? 
It's scary times right now. Inflation's soaring. Cost of goods, crazy. Rent in West Palm Beach. I've never, ever seen anything like it. When I first moved here, the place I rented, it was four grand a month. Now, it's 8200 a month. Four bedroom, two bathroom. It's not like it's like something to go jump and do a cartwheel. About. Same thing in my building. Three units went up for rent. Two twos in the past couple of weeks. Between eight thousand and eighty five hundred a month for rent in a two two condo. That's crazy. It, how is that sustainable? But but the issue is you have these people coming from New York that are used to paying these numbers and they learn how bad New York is during COVID with the restrictions, the politics. It was finally their breaking point, I think. They came down here for freedom and saw how great it was. So they just, I think, create this artificial demand. They're used to paying these numbers. So they're here to stay. So I don't know if it's ever going to correct here, but it'll correct everywhere else. Well, like one of my friends, he moved down from New York. He sold his house in New York before it got too crazy. He sold it for like 1.4, came down here, which downtown New York, 1.4, whatever. He came down here and got a house for maybe 600000 Decent house, land, not in the middle of the city. And he's opening up a taco pizza shop. So he took six hundred grand, seven, bought the house, and the rest he's opening up taco pizza shops. Okay. I'm not quite sure he's going to make tacos in a pizza, but... <laughs> it doesn't sound bad to me. That. So with the inflation, that's one thing, but... What do you think about everything else with the social media, the restrictions, the censorship, everything? I think society's shot. I think that everybody is so sensitive. Men are getting so weak. So I think they're really, really pathetic. And I think men need to become men again. And how does that happen? Because, I mean, there's, I, not, there's not many I, of us I, left. Listen, I wish I knew. I <laughs> preach. I, I work hard. I play hard. I show this. I show how an alpha male is supposed to act. But, boy... Society yeah. is. Yeah, you just got to be careful because at any moment you could be canceled or, or, or be canceled. Anything. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's so crazy. But everybody's so glued to their phones, to social media relationships. I mean, dating is so hard right now because of that. A, a, a guy and a girl get in a fight. She posts on Facebook, oh, I'm sad. Ten guys are sending her DMs. I feel so bad, yep. blah, 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 giving her the attention. It, and and then, she may have started the fight. Right, she's supposed to fight, and then her friends jump in on top and agree with her. Exactly. So now her friends are like, "Yeah, he's a dick," and then ten guys are trying to hit on her. Correct. You know? So it's just such a wild, Amber crazy Hurt, yeah. world. And living down here in South Florida just multiplies this it worst. times five. The worst. So you have social media. You have the people that live in <laughs> South Florida. So when you came down from Buffalo, how how old were you? I was in my twenties. So did you realize the difference down here? <laughs> I had no idea. And I can't, I, and I'm, I used to be a very trusting person. So I gave everybody the benefit of the doubt because in Buffalo, if somebody shakes your hand and tells you something, it's true. Here, Fuck. I mean, the craziest stories. So I put the word out that we're looking to invest into business concepts. So a credible source sets up a meeting for me. We go to Rocco's Tacos and this guy's wearing a suit. He shows up. And I think the meeting was at 11.30 a.m. He says, do you mind if I order a margarita? Like, I don't care, but I'm not drinking on a Monday afternoon. So he slams five margaritas and says, I apologize. I didn't bring my wallet. Okay, okay whatever. So what's your business concept? Hmm. So he wants to help people that have been victims of 
a, a scam. So he wants to buy lists of scam victims and charge them a $500 retainer fee to, 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 to help them. So I'm like, okay, I'm listening, but how are we going to help them? He's like, well, it's all about getting all these retainer fees from these people, then we figure it out. I said, listen, until you tell me how we're going to help these people, this is definitely, definitely not for me. And he's saying, talking about all the cars he owned, the LaFerraris and all this bullshit. So we dismiss them. We get stuck with the tab. Two hours later, there's a knock on my office door. It's the same guy. He now has a mohawk, wife beater, shorts, and a skateboard. He says, I have to come to apologize. I sent my body double to the meeting, and I heard he didn't pay the bill. So I'm here to apologize. And I normally don't do drugs, but I have been here for a little while. So I apologize for that, too. You must have thought you were in a dream or something by now. What, I, mean, like, what is, I mean, what's he going to come in next with? A Halloween costume? What is going on here? <laughs> Body double. <laughs> Saying he's serious? on drugs and apologizing. And, right, right. and it's the same person. Too. It was just, and you're being dead serious. Yeah. See, so it's, it's just insanity down here. I got one for you, too. So I moved down. I'm trusting, too. Open up a vapor warehouse. Remember this one. Three years. Three years I hang out with this guy. Three years. His family, unfortunately, they had an issue with their uh, restaurant. He didn't have any family. Three years we hung out. Bought cars together, went out, everything, everything you can imagine. Boom. Just out of nowhere. Just when the time was right, took the account, changed the passwords, Ugh. everything. Gone. Three years. Ate together. Slept at my house, his house, met his kids, everything. Three years this guy waited. And right when he had the chance, right, you know, whenever I was weak or I had an issue, boom, got me. Wow. Yep. But up up in, like, New York and Philly, you know, somebody says, look, we're doing business, we do business. Just like Buffalo. So yeah. it, it was so weird to move down here. And you're used to this shit, huh? Unfortunately. Now, how I do mean, you deal with it? Teach us how to deal with it. <laughs> but I'll tell you what I did after he's done. I mean, yeah. I mean, listen, I just, you know. You, I mean, the, the way I do it, obviously, is as I said before, I mean, I really don't, I work with people until they prove me otherwise, you know? So, I mean, but nine out of 10 times, yeah, I can smell when there's a scam going on and yeah, I don't tolerate that. I mean, here, here growing up, you realize that South Florida is its own little animal. You've got the whole United States and then South Florida. And South Florida, I would say, probably starts from, the pretentiousness and the wannabes may start right around from the West Palm area, not so much the Garden of Jupiter. But then when you get down to like Fort Lauderdale, Miami, Miami's its own little animal within within the whole hub of pretentiousness and <laughs> wannabes and scammers. I mean, that's, that's where it's, it's true. It's Miami's hot. like the capital, right? That, that is hell, right? We're, we're, just, yeah. we're, we're like the, 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 you know. But um, that's just, you know, trusting people. And I mean, again, it comes down to, you know, really, you know, how you work with people, how you deal with people, uh, try to read them. You know, I mean, someone comes with a great idea. I mean, hey, it sounds like a great idea, but then you got to do your homework on that person. If you don't know who they are or if, or if you're going by like someone vouching for someone saying, hey, I think you should trust this person. Um, you know, but I think Alex could say with all the with all these experiences, I mean, I think at this point, you know, in our lives, I think our gut instinct usually tells us what we feel is right and what's not. And then nine out of 10 times when you're going to someone for advice about that person, I think you already know you've already made that decision, but you kind of want to see if maybe someone else can give you another point of view that maybe you're missing and then from there make that decision. But, you know, I've been very blessed. I haven't had too many people screw me over. 
you know, like we talked about that one time. In yeah. Here. We had a guy in last night, and, uh, I mean, he went on for a while, but he was right, and it was about loyalty. And he was he was just like, fucking loyalty's gone anymore. I mean, just fucking gone. There's no loyalty. That's for sure. So I've just built my own circle of people with people like Victor. So we, we have this really solid, solid circle of professionals and good people. And people outside of the circle, I'm just very careful with, mm-hmm. cautious with, and I really stick with my core people. You kind of like keep them at a distance so you know what they're up to. Exactly. But never get too close. Exactly. Yeah. Machiavelli. <laughs> Not going to get bit. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Are you still done with the uh, the uh, F1 stadiums? Remember you were like debating it or you were done? Oh, with the Hard Rock? Yeah. Well, you know, <clears throat> I still am to some degree. A lot's changed, uh, like I said the last time. Um I, the last time I was so this whole year, I've only been there once for F1. Um, I went there as a spectator. Sorry. Sorry, Hard Rock people. Um, I went there more as a spectator than, than an employee. Um, and I think that they that it was an amazing event that they did for the few days. But I think they did it at the wrong time of year because it was blistering hot. Anybody that went there, no matter what tickets you had, no matter where you were, it was hot as balls. I mean... I remember Sunday for that championship on Mother's Day. I've never seen so many ladies pissed at their boyfriends and husbands or friends because of how hot it was. They're paying $2,000 for a ticket. Yeah. And, and, you know, here's the other thing. Paying that kind of money. But the reality is that, you know, the worst thing is paying that kind of money. But then they have races before the actual main event. So every morning, if you didn't buy a ticket, the ticket price would depreciate. You know, I had spent $2,000 on two tickets, 2000 each. And then I bought a ticket for somebody else that same Sunday, that same ticket, two, two rows over, 700 bucks. Dude, I was pissed. You know? So on top of that, here you go. Price is depreciating, obviously. Then you get there, and there's really no shade. Even if you have an, a pavilion or <laughs> even in the VIP areas. I'm already hot. Just staring this. Even the VIP areas, they don't have air conditioning. Yeah. You know I mean? So you, you switch your balls off. You're hot. I mean, it just, it just, it's so painful. You know? So I thought that doing it in May was horrible. I mean, obviously, they you know they have a schedule and how and where they are and, and how I guess this is part of the United States portion of of the race before they go to Europe and you know, other places. But doing it in May, hell no, man. I mean, don't even do it May through September because it's hot. See them those race you know? fans, race fans, and I have nothing against anybody, but race fans are like country fans. It doesn't matter. They're coming. True. If you hit it in country, you're rich forever. <laughs> if you for hit it sure. as a race, you're rich forever. So I mean, they you know. So, and again, we're understaffed. I get it. You know, a lot of, you know, times have changed. We're under, there's a lot of different industries where they're facing this kind of issue with, you know, jobs and, and creating jobs and so forth. Um, so I'm not going to say anything negatively about working at the Hard Rock because I think it's an incredible organization. You know, it's given me some incredible memories. I've met a lot of great people. I'm definitely coming back for the football season. Um, I can't commit to all the games because, you know, I run a speakeasy. But luckily, those you know the Sundays don't really interfere too too much. Who's gonna win this year? The Super Bowl. I had to swing that. I had to, I had to sneak that oh, in real quick. Man, <laughs> I haven't even done my fantasy football draft. A little bit early for that question. That's why I'm hitting them now. <laughs> Ooh. Mm, okay. I'm gonna say the AFC Championship is going to be played. I think the uh, well, depending on how Deshaun Watson, if he gets suspended all the way or not. I say Cleveland Browns get to the AFC Championship game. I, I love their team. I love I, not so much their aerial attack. It's just a ground and pound, and then you have Deshaun Watson that can just create it. Um, I love what I'm seeing with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, 
if they're if they stay healthy enough, um, they have some serious serious weapons. Um, so I, I actually think it'll be Lamar Jackson's turn to go to the Super Bowl. That's what I predict. Um, and the NFC, uh, you know what? Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Yeah, I think I think Tom Brady. I love Brady. And I think I think he, I think the Buccaneers. I think the Buccaneers get it right and they win it and he retires. What do you think, Scott? You're a football guy. I I, I don't say no to Brady. I mean, he pulls off things that you can't imagine he does, you know. And and listen, he's a Buffalo fan over here. Buffalo also, Josh Allen, you can't discount that guy. The team, the weapons they have. Um, I really hope they don't go indoors because as far as even though I don't like, I mean, I love cold weather, but I think there's something about so certain teams. Like I heard, like uh, like Chicago's about to do something like they're going to go indoors. Like so, some stadiums just deserve to be the way they are. That's how. That's the culture. That's how it's like saying. That's like saying Lambeau Field's going to be indoors. No, can't do that. <laughs> can't do exactly. that. Well, Buffalo's so, building a new stadium, right, And but, keeping it outdoors. Okay, so they are. They right? are. Yeah. Okay. I love Buffalo. There's, they're actually the so only okay. New so York Chicago. Team. So what's that, Scott? Buffalo's the only New York team, really. True, and the fans are insane. So yeah, to correct to correct myself, it was actually it was actually the Bears that were that were going to go indoors, which has been causing a whole. Like, See, I think that's insane because the whole point of the football is you know you play indoor, you play outdoors, so every team has to adjust. You know, you put everything indoors, it's like giving everybody a trophy. True, that bullshit. Yeah. So again, this is just early predictions. I, I still have to do my research. So you um, say Tampa, I say Tampa. What do you say? He's not going against. Brady. I'm not going. <laughs> and I, I have to say Buffalo. <laughs> Buffalo, yeah. yeah, you got to stick with the hometown. I mean, Buffalo's right. got some weapons. Like, I mean, see that Buffalo Tampa. Yeah, we'll see how we'll see how Kansas City cool. also plays. That would be hell. That would be cool. You know, we got to we got to do that at the club. Yeah, I mean, I you know it's it's. I'm excited for football season. I just went to Lake Tahoe for a wedding, and uh, they had the A Center uh, Celebrity Golf Tournament, and it was awesome. I mean, Travis Kelsey was there, freaking. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, a lot of football players, a lot of people from Top Gun. Um, uh, what do you call it? Justin Timberlake played, and it was such a fun golf tournament. Like I realized why. Like it's 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 a very unique uh, golf tournament. The way it's set up, uh, you know, like it's you don't like if you go to like say like the Honda Classic, they're not playing your music. Like it's kind of like WWE, yeah. like F. No, but I'm saying like when you go to the A Center, like they play your music, they play whatever. Like it's. They make it really fun. I mean, and the players have a good time. The scenery is amazing. You've got Lake Tahoe. You got the mountains, and then you got the golf course. I mean, it does it. You know, all 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 the greatness. Uh, temperatures are in like in the high fifties, sixties, so it's perfect in, in, in July, mind you. Um, it's so, that cool. That cool. Yeah. Wow. No humidity, obviously, because you're in the West Coast. So, um, what's his name from uh, uh, Dallas? Uh, he reti- he's a monster at golf. He was dating uh, Jessica Simpson for a while. Tony Romo. Tony Romo. Oh, he's been winning in like the four or five yeah, years in a row. He's a monster. He that d- guy's he a monster. He doesn't lose. He, yeah, he's he's so damn good. He's so yeah. damn good. His age, I met his agent, and they had a yacht. out. In, they, had a, they had a decent-sized boat out in the lakes, and um, I, I got on it, you know, I was trying to kill time and you know, meeting people. And, oh, yeah, I just got on a tent. Yeah. yeah. That, that's out. a life of Victor. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like la-di-da. Tony Romo's a guy. Yeah. 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 But, um, just, uh, just, you know, hung out on the yacht. You that's know, all. You know, Tony Romo would just happen to be there. Yeah, but it, we'd be excited for the football season. We'll do some really fun things at the Speakeasy. I know college football, you know, be diehard Florida State alumni. Oh, yeah. um, well, I love college football. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's crazy because I've been so caught up with all these things going on, work, life. Um, you know, I, I can't believe that, you know, I've 
put all this in the backseat in a good way, you know? But so when you're asking me sports, I'm like, for the first time, I'm kind of like just yeah, in the gray. Usually you're pretty, he's usually pretty. Yeah, good. usually. So yeah. you asking me who I really think? I mean, that's thinking out loud, but obviously I'll do a little bit more research. I love what the Dolphins are doing for, you know, to stay locally. The fact that they got uh, Tyreek Hill. Um, they've got uh, Chase Edmonds. They've got uh, Mozart from San Fran. Um, they got Sonny Michelle. Um, I love what they're doing there. They, they got a great offensive line, decent receivers. I mean, Tua, it's put up or shut up. I mean, that's it. If you can't, if you can't make the playoffs this year, you're done. Uh, I thought I thought Rogers was going to Miami. I was positive. I was hoping so. I'll, well, he'll be here on Christmas <clears throat> Day. I'll tell you, I'll tell I'll you tell, where I'll, I'm going to be Christmas I'll Day. I'll tell you about that story. I'll tell you guys about that story later. <laughs> but you are, with the um, the social media content and branding. What is the biggest mistake that you see people make? You know, like, like that's, you know, you keep evolving and evolving, and that's one one of your things right now that you know you're really pushing. Um, what's the biggest mistake you see that people do? So not having consistency and not evolving. So for for instance, you can't really grow on Instagram right now. Very hard, but you can grow on TikTok. So a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not doing TikTok. I'm just staying on Instagram or just staying on Facebook. So the only way to really grow quickly now is TikTok. So you evolved. You move on. You link your Instagram profile to your TikTok, but you grow there and drive traffic. So I think people get so stubborn and set on one platform. And I tell everybody, you have to stay ahead of the curve. You know, and then you hear the whole like, you know, obviously it's true. Uh, you know, TikTok has the worst open source, but they all do. They all well, listen. Do. They're all spying yeah, like, on you. They're all stealing your information. They're yeah, all selling so, it. Yeah, like so TikTok is maybe. 15% worse than the rest of them. It, yeah, it doesn't matter. If you have a cell phone with internet connection, you're being watched, you're being listened to, and it, it is what it is. Do you think they're building, I think, how long do you think a, a robot with a conscience comes out? Because in my it, opinion, it, with all happen. this, yeah, I think with all the, the phone and all the data, I don't think it's necessarily just about like listening into what we're talking about. I think it's data to build a conscience into a robot. You know, and then it's it will, gonna happen, and, and then minimum wage workers are gone. And then you would think, right? If you're gonna build a, a robot with conscience, you would use it in the military, right? Because sure. you would want it to go after people and sure. fuck shit up so you don't lose our own. Sure. Well, then what happens when they realize that they're a robot, and then as they evolve, they they're pissed off people. You know, the military. Yeah, it's like Terminator here. Yeah, no, I mean, seriously. I mean, I think it's a real possibility, and I definitely think it's going to happen, especially after talking to uh, Rick Rick uh, Prado, who is the was the head of the CIA. Well, these drones, <laughs> the, the drones fly themselves now, mm-hmm. so it's yeah. coming. You know, you know those drones that they keep saying are UFOs? Yeah. Do you think they're ours? Like, I don't, I don't, I'm positive that they're, I believe in UFOs 100%. I'm all about that shit. But the, those things that there's the pilots saw, there's no way. That's To me, there's no way. That's a drone, a military drone of some sort. I just don't know who. I don't think we have the technology to do it. I, I really, truly don't believe it. I think but, China does, though. Because, I mean, I understand aerodynamics so well. And, you are the best person to ask about this. And there was no heat signature, meaning there's no heat source, so there's no thrust or propulsion which to me boggles my mind. So what do you think it is? It's some sort of anti-gravity 
device that is using gravitational forces. And there's obviously nobody in it because moving with those G forces, we're talking hundreds of sustained Gs moving up, down, left, right, into water, out of water. Yeah, it dropped so, 30,000 feet in one second. Yeah. So it's technology that I don't think we have. Maybe we do. I mean, I could be wrong. The, I, I just, I think it's military. I just wonder whose it is. Yeah, but, but but we wouldn't, I mean, the fighter pilots would know about it. They wouldn't be getting close to it. We wouldn't want our fighter pilots to see these things. We wouldn't want any pilots to see this in the air. But as a, It's going to cause panic. Right, but as a pilot, when you listen to all of them, and uh, we went through all of them before, and it's like me and you are in the, the plane. Hey, Alex, did you just see that? Yeah, it looks like a lifesaver. Now, when you call like air traffic control, if you see something drop 30,000 feet, yeah, so, so I know a lot of people who have seen stuff like this personally. One of our partners in Wheels, Wings, and Fashion, Nick Castellino, he saw something very similar. It got within 15 feet of his jet going the other way. Holy fuck. So he called ATC and said, hey, do you see any objects or anything? I said, nope, nothing there. Him and the co-pilot saw it coming at them. And these are very sane professional pilots. Then you see... These F-18 pilots that, that were on Joe Rogan and CBS, these are top, top military pilots, and they're able to, to get locks with their radar and prove it. Damn, so so th there's something there. And the question is, is our technology that advanced and it is a military drone? Or, or is it, it from somewhere else? Yeah, because there's no anti there's no anti propulsion, right? But but the issue is people have been seeing this since the nineteen forties and fifties. Credible pilots. So to me that's scary. And it, it's something that keeps me up at night for sure. And the reason why I kept thinking for sure drone was because why now? Why now would you all of a sudden be talking about UFOs? Ukraine, Russia, all the fucking problems going on. Sure. All of a sudden now we're talking about UFOs. Well what about the last 30 years. That's what made me think. Well, we're finally proving it because the modern technology and the fighter jets is able to capture them and track them. Oh, the so that's what it really is. It's not just a eyewitness, I saw this, but they're able to actually track the, the signature on it with their radar. Wow. So so as, as a person that can do things like this that you can, are you looking at an iPad? Is that what that really is? I am. So, so, so that, <laughs> fucking crazy. So, so that picture was taken for Paramount Pictures. I know. I know you told me that. But yeah. I just had a look to say, what the fuck? Yeah, so I'm watching a movie trailer <laughs> while we're upside down in formation. That is so cool. But, you know, so what, just think, what do you think it is? Do you think I, it's other life? or I think it's here? unworldly. So I, I think it's from a different world. I don't know if there's other life in it. Probably not, but maybe. But the fact they can hover, it can go up and down so fast. It can move 40 miles in a couple seconds. And as and, a pilot, how insane is that? I mean, no body could hold up to those types of forces, which leads me to think it is some sort of drone. What do you think, Rick? I have to agree with Alex. I mean, I really believe that it, it's got to be some kind of like super-powered uh, high-tech drone, very sophisticated. Yeah. And if it was military, why don't we just send them to Ukraine and take care of everything? Correct. Yeah. Well, the only reason I thought was because, you know, because like Taiwan and the whole China thing, it's just a matter of time. Would you agree with that? Well, we shouldn't be losing. We should have never lost troops in the Middle East if we have this technology. We shouldn't have lost a single person. Agreed. But like when you read, you know, 
right before the time of war, they somebody will kind of show you, hey, look what I got, look what I got. You know, that's kind of why I was. Yeah, know, but this has been going on since the forties, so it's been going on forever. I'm talking to a pilot here. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to tell you. So, I'm trying to tell him. So, so I've been hearing about this stuff from credible people for forever. Fuck. And it just boggles my mind. So it, it might really not be from her. It might be fucking. Wow. If I had to guess, yeah, it's, it's from somewhere else. Wow. But where? What? But there's no heat signature. There's no aerodynamics. So there's no lift. There's no wing. There's no propeller. There's no engine. So the only possible way that that could happen would be to be able to go faster than the speed of light, right? You no. almost have to. No, I mean, that's not even relevant. But, but but there's no propulsion, which. Yeah, I had Robert Beto in, who was, who was uh, remember Beto when he was in here? Uh, he was Elon Musk's partner, and they were trying to go at the speed of light. Okay. Uh, for the anti-propulsion. Sure. So there was no propulsion. They they did it in that thing that flies back and forth. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. They put what's that thing called? It's like a SARS or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's it called? Yeah, he was sitting here while they were doing it, like flies back and forth. So they had figured out to be able to go at speed of light. So he's all he gets the call, boom. It, they can go speed of light. Then they realize the problem is okay because you know the Mars. Well, we can go from Earth to Mars, but at the speed of light. But how are we going to get through the matter? Well, there's nothing on Earth that can get through the matter. And he was explaining, like, when you're going at the speed of light, if you spit at that plane, it blows into pieces. Sure. As a pilot, do you understand that? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's like being hit by a train versus being hit by a car. You're standing there. <laughs> there's nothing left of you with a train and with the car. So, I mean, be something left. I mean, I heard, they say Elon's making his own molecule to try to get through the, the matter. It's going to be interesting. Elon, I believe, is the smartest person alive now. Yeah. What did you, did you think he was going to buy Twitter? <clears throat> I did. I did so. I really did. Yeah. He still might. He might be forced to. Do you think he will? I mean, do you think the well? I think he should because we 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 need freedom of speech somewhere on social media. And when we talk about how weak, maybe if he did buy it, and I what I thought when we were talking about this last night, I thought he was going to buy it. And I think Dempsey never meant it to be the way it was. I think the board pushed Dempsey out. And then the board took over and did all the bullshit that they wanted to. Because isn't it funny? When Elon was about to buy it, who's he start hanging out with? Dempsey. Yeah. So then Elon buys it. Here you go, Dempsey. Run it. Make it cool. Blah, 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 blah. Let me go back to my Tesla. I hope he does it. but I hope so. I, I don't really use Twitter now, but if he did buy it, I would. Me too. Because I think he makes it so cool, you know. He would. Everything he touches turns into something special. Yeah, for sure. I mean, have you driven the new Tesla cars? Uh-uh. Just I, I heard out, they're badass. Outrageous. I, I had the P100D for a while. I mean, it's faster than an Aventador. We're talking a four-door sedan the size of an S-Class car. That looks like a Camry. It, can it go like zero to 60 in like two seconds? One nine. Yeah, they're fast. An electric car, and it looks like a fucking Camry. It feels like you're smashing. It it feels like you're getting (laughs) rear-ended. It accelerates so hard. That's the input I get. You know what would be funny? You could rip off all the tags and go up to like an Aventador, and you know it looks like you got that little white Camry. Come on, motherfucker! No way. (laughs) Nobody can touch it. It's just so outrageous, and it drives itself. And it drives itself on top of that. So you just sit there and hit the button and laugh. Exactly. The guy. 
Now, from a pilot's point of view, how can he get them rockets up there and then to come back down and land at the same spot and reuse them? He's been doing it for, what, three years now? Yeah, but how, how does he do it? He's perfected it. Oh, I thought maybe he knew, like, the, the, I don't know. Like, uh, some shit like that. <laughs> all that much about rocketry. <laughs> I don't know. I thought airplane rockets. Rocketry is a little different. Yeah, yeah, it's a little, I guess so. But uh, yeah. it has nozzles on the side of it, so it can go left, right, straighten out. And then Bezos tried to copy all of it. But Bezos, he's nothing compared to Elon. No, no, no. His, his rocket doesn't go high enough. No, no. No. He charges a million for the rocket. What's it go up? You get to see the Earth for a little bit, which comes, is pretty cool. Which is cool. Comes right back down. But Elon's trying to go to Mars and, and colonize. That's what I'm talking That's about. Cool That's next yeah. level stuff right there. Yeah. Do you think he'll do it in our lifetime? I do. I do too. I hope so. <laughs> I think. I, mean, I absolutely think he will. I mean, the guy's. What can he do? <laughs> He's very impressive. Everything he touches. Turns it doesn't he have special. a cell phone that's coming out pretty soon? I don't think so. No. I think it's a rumor. It's a rumor. I asked this uh, last night, and I want to ask both of you. Why do you think he bought all that Bitcoin and then dumped it? Because I don't see him doing that for money. I just don't see him. To he manipulate sold, he, the market. But, yeah. but why would he want to manipulate the market? To make more money. Really? I just can't. I don't know. I guess because I see. I guess be, I've, I like him so much. I'm like, nah, he wouldn't do that. You know, look he's, he's look told at, all his house. Look at Dogecoin. <laughs> I mean, he could, he could take a piece of garbage and <laughs> make it into some crazy valuation out of nothing. I just want, off his name. I wonder what he's actually worth, though. Because he had to borrow money from, I think, Goldman, right? To get uh, Twitter. Well, he, he didn't have to. But, I mean, if you have that kind of money, why would you But I think put so, it all isn't it all tied up in assets or a shit ton of assets? That I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I hope he buys it, though. Me too. In your life, and, and all the jobs that you've had, and all the success that you don't lose, give me one really bad mistake that you made. So with Monkey in Paradise Vodka, we brought on an executive team, and we really didn't have a choice. We didn't have that much experience in the liquor industry. So we bring on a much older team that had experience. So they were able to, to raise money, help us grow the brand. Older people don't understand social media or the value of it. Yeah. So it created a big disconnect for us, and the company could have been a lot further along if we would have hired younger people to understand social media and modern-day marketing. Yeah. So I tell people now, it's not the experience that matters when you hire. It's really what their current capabilities are and understanding today's markets and society. And if you see anything in, in them in the future, right? Like, what can they... Do you see progress in the future out of them right sure of course now the other point is your social media today that's a modern day resume i'd rather hire somebody that is really strong on social media than somebody that just has a master's degree reason being it's a modern day commitment it takes a lot of time a lot of commitment to be successful on social media so somebody that does that comes to me with a great resume yeah, I agree with that. I mean, you know, outside of the many things I do, when someone says, oh, you're a promoter, you know, you do I, I, Yeah, there's different levels of being a promoter. So if you just say promoter, I just hate the word promoter. 
But I always look, turn around and say, well, you're a promoter yourself. If you've got an Instagram, you got a Facebook, you got a TikTok, you're a promoter yourself. You're promoting yourself every day. Some more narcissistically than others, and others just because they're having a great time or they're, they they want to be shown that they're at the, the main event of what's going on for the weekend or, or they're with the who's who. But in the end, no matter what, no matter where you're at, eating, whatever, drinking, whatever, you are promoting yourself day in, day out. You great are, point. You are great a promoter point. every day. That's a great point. So it's not, a, it's a great a way to see who somebody is. Yeah, that's a great point. Yep. Wow. So when when they go through all when you guys go through all this stuff and you make these mistakes and then you fix them and then you come back, the biggest thing is that you never give up, right? You can't. You can't. What's a mistake you've made in the last since the last time I saw you? Oh man, no, none really. No, he made a real funny one. I forget. I, what, what you fucked up the last time you told me a really good one. No, the only one. I, How I about should... Sunday? <laughs> ah, no, <laughs> <laughs> that's different. No, what you, no, no. What happened Sunday? Nah, no, what, what, what happened? Now we were just on a boat, you know, going on a boat. What, what happened? Just miscalculated logistically, uh, you know. The, what, did you get lost? No, I, I got on the dock <laughs> and uh, you know safely. And Alex, I, what happened? <laughs> I'm gonna let Vic explain. <laughs> now we were just getting off a boat and we were being dropped off. Nick was actually the the. Uh, the captain at the time and uh a friend of ours was trying to get off and i i got off safely and then uh, my friend's arm got caught got dislocated and then i tried to help out and fell in the water and almost drowned and car keys phone yeah in my, pocket. I, had to, I had to get a new car fob and the iphone 13 you know miraculously is waterproof and if this thing was in the seawater for five minutes and did not short circuit but the car fob sure all right short circuit is i was in the ocean oh fine. yeah wow that's pretty impressive that, from, that, that's a good product life yeah apple should throw you a couple bucks from i was <laughs> i was screaming wilson like <laughs> give me a cool pilot story Cool pilot just story. Just a cool fucking pilot story. And then I'll, then I'll let you guys out of here. Dude, he's got an awesome TikTok account that we haven't even looked at. He's got some serious videos of him, like, you know, upside down doing things. But go ahead. Well, I got to get him back in here. Yeah. I know where we'll go. So <laughs> always wanted to be a fighter jet pilot, even when I was a kid. After high school, I went to go see a recruiter. I said, I want to be a fighter pilot. He said, it's not for you. He said, the military is so structured and you don't seem to like structure. So I'm like, yeah, that's true. I didn't join the military. So at that point, there was no hope of flying a military fighter jet ever. But once I got back on my feet, after the 2008, 2009 economy crashed, I revisited it, but I was too old to be a fighter pilot. So I'm like, wow, I really missed it here. But I said, I'm not giving up. I'm going to find a way to get a flight in a military fighter jet. So I told this story to the military. Look, I missed the opportunity. I don't want other people to miss the opportunity. I want to go for a PR flight. They're, you're nuts. It's never going to happen. So I started building my media deck. Started writing for Florida Weekly. Started writing for Flying Magazine, Forbes, all my social media accounts growing. So I kept telling this story, sending it to the, the Air Force, to the Navy, sending it to military pilots, sending it to the Thunderbirds, which is my number one. Nobody's responding to me. I had a politician friend that made an introduction to the Department of Defense, the very high up. I tell my story, say, listen, I can create incredible content, tell my story and motivate young kids not to miss out on this opportunity. So I tell them what I wanna do, 
the Department of Defense guy says, you're joking, right, with what you want? I say, no. He said, it's the most ridiculous question I've ever heard. Don't ever bother anybody else again with this. So that was the response. Then a couple of years later, building up my personal brand, I'm an air show. There's a golf cart with a piece of paper written on it that said Thunderbirds. So I said, I'm going to wait right here. So two guys come out in flight suits. And I say, guys, random question. If somebody were to make a decision about taking somebody for a flight, a civilian, who would it be? The guy points over the guy next to him. He says, that's our public affairs director. <laughs> so I give him the pitch. And then I pull up my phone. I'm like, look, here's my, my media deck. So he says, you know what? Maybe. I love the story. So he says, email it to me. And I'm just thinking in my head, I've emailed these guys a thousand times. So give me your cell phone number right now. I'll text it to you. So I got the decision maker's cell phone number. And exactly what is a Thunderbird? What, what does that mean? That is an F-16 from the Air Force. And those are the ones that fly in formation at the air shows. So it's the top of the top. The, the beast of the beast, right? The most powerful two-seat man-made machine. <laughs> so I, Hello. So I get a maybe. I text him a week later, email him, call him, nothing. So I'm blowing him up. He answers three weeks later. He says, hey, we're thinking about it, maybe. So I don't hear anything. I mean, it's weekly. Text, text, text. Three months goes by of me hounding this guy. It's Friday night, 11 p.m. I get a text. It says, check your email. It's on. And it's an experience that money can't buy. One of the most powerful man-made machines ever. Isn't that one of those things? Like, you, you have money, you don't have money, but then something like an event happens that just you you could have all the money in the world and you couldn't buy it from it, right? Correct. So it was my number one bucket list item. Yeah. Checked off, which was really, That's really, cool. really cool. cool. And it was something I fought so long for. Well, you got it, and you didn't give up. That's tough pushing them emails. I tried that, tried that. I get I get so pissed and irritated, but oh yeah, it's persistence. Absolutely. Obviously, it paid off. Absolutely. So that's a cool flying story. It is awesome. I never asked, how did you get into all this event stuff? I never asked you that. Uh, I, th I think He's back been in, in here four times. I never asked him that. <laughs> you know, I don't know the story either. Yeah, actually, um, <laughs> I, I, I had a I had a dear friend that was doing fashion shows at the time. And uh, he's no longer here, but yeah, but he um, he asked me to help him out, and then uh, you know I was like, man, I mean, I was I was selling insurance full time, I wasn't getting a return on my investment for the leads that I was providing, but I had somewhat of a following. I was, you know, hosting parties here and there, and wasn't you know marketing or promoting like that, you know. But I understood that I had whenever so, I threw so a get together. So Vic, at this time, you're selling insurance. Yeah. Just insurance. What insurance, kind of insurance? Health, life, long-term care. Okay. And then you, okay. And so then when I did that, when I helped them out, um, I realized, you know, hey, you know what? Maybe if I started doing certain events, any kind of event, you know, then I can kind of start parlaying that with what I'm doing. I wasn't, I wasn't the kind of person that would just sell to anybody. Like my friends, I would never sell to friends and family. But if you came to me, then I would, you know. I would basically tell you, hey, this is how we're going to do it and, you know, how we're going to get you approved and so forth. Because back then, I was, it was guaranteed issued. It wasn't guaranteed issued. It was, you had to, you had to qualify with your health. So very different from now, the Obama and all this other stuff care that's in, that's in the market now. So much different. Back then, technology wasn't where it was or is now. 
you know, not that, you know, I'm, a, I'm an old guy or anything like that. But I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying that, you know, back then, I mean, you're making phone calls, you're setting appointments and you're going to these, these you're going to the person's house, you know, now you're on the phone, computer, boom, sell it over the phone and, and you're done. So buying leads, get, trying to get that ROI, I wasn't getting it, you know, but when I was doing events, doing charity events, I was in front of people. And then if they were asking me, hey, what else do you do? Ah, well. And here it was. So then, but then I was getting really good at what I was doing. I understood the market for fashion shows in South Florida, sex sells, you know, bikinis. I was doing, I was doing swimwear fashion shows. And um, my friend passed away at the time after that. So then I decided to do more events, more fashion shows, and, and incorporating uh, nonprofits in it. And uh, from there, it just took off. I got lucky, uh, very fortunate to know the right people. And from there, I was like the new hot kid on the block. So everybody wanted to work with me. Everybody was like, dude, we need Victor on board. We need Victor on board. I was never part of the equestrian world ever. I mean, I knew what polo was, but you know what? Three fashion shows, two, two, two uh, charity events later, bam, I'm, I'm a part of polo because they want me on board. They, want, they wanted that clientele. So it just worked out like that, snowballed, met a lot of great friends, did a lot of some awesome events, and we, we'd share an incredible hangar event that we've been doing for what would have been five years if it wasn't for COVID. But, um, and uh, yeah, so here we are with that. I've been very blessed. I you know, managed to speak easy on top of that. Um, build a lot of great relationships. And to everything that he said, I don't, you know, I'm not, in, I'm not the social media guru like this man is, but I understand it. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a great joyride. And uh, it's been a great other avenue of income as well. I still don't, I still haven't given up on selling insurance. I mean, I still do it. I do have you really? Yes, I do. It's my, you know, I usually you call know that. He, yeah, he, he does it all. <laughs> I call it my Clark Kent job, and then they pay me to be Superman at night. So there you go. Once again, how does he do all this shit? <laughs> I don't know. And he's up so late, too. What time do you wake up in the morning? Ooh, you know what? Unfortunately, I'll get up at seven, six, seven. If I get up, if I get home, if I get home at three and I get up at 530, boy, that hurts because I can't go back to bed. And then I'm kind of like playing catch up. At some point, I got to take maybe a siesta here and there. But I'm going to say that in the last, since I've been, you know, working with the uh, the speakeasy, I have no siestas. So I just pray that I get my REMs and my sleep, and that's and that's good enough for me. Um, but also, I've been sleeping a lot better now that I've lost a lot of weight. It's a big deal when you lose that kind of weight and you go to bed. Whew, really? Yes. You feel a lot better. Yeah. You know, from where I was. I mean, I was weighing 240, very fatigued at times, just, just going day to day, like, you know, and now that I've... Got that extra, you know, weight off. I mean, I just feel a lot better about myself. I just maybe it's more psychological, I guess, but I've noticed the pattern of sleeping has changed a little bit more favorable to where I'm getting more hours in than I was before, even though the schedule was pretty much built the same. If that makes any sense, I don't know. I, I would think if I was 300 pounds, I could sleep like a rock. <laughs> you think? But I guess I guess, I guess I guess it was because my body wasn't used to it. Yeah. So for a while, over a year or two, compounding, it just wasn't really liking what was going on wasn't used to it just and once I started losing all that weight I mean when we wings wheels in fashion this year I remember when I got fitted for my tux the lady was like she got me all ready and I was like you know what you might want to knock that down by a couple sizes like when I come back I'm gonna fit in that she looked at me like like really like in three weeks came back in three weeks right? that's yeah. so aggressive She's like, I what love did it you do <laughs> like what did you do and he had two shoes and he had both his shoes this time. That's a good <laughs> yeah. improvement. Good improvement this Remember year. Oh yeah, no wardrobe malfunction this year. <laughs> Holy heck! Well, you got anything coming up other than we already went over that you want to promote? We'll put everything in the description. So okay, 
Yes. So we sold Monkey in Paradise vodka actually about two months ago. Oh, you sold it. So so the wow. deal's Good done. Myself and the, and the other two co-founding partners, we are out. Wow. So I'm really proud of that. Good for you. Came up with it, crushed it, got it known. Everybody knows about it. If everybody, I asked, I asked five people about it. They're like, oh yeah, yeah. Wow, congratulations, so, so man. It was a six-year project. We're really proud of it. And the next project is I made an equity investment into a company called Holiday Swap. So Holiday Swap is a home sharing platform similar to an Airbnb. But the really unique part is you can have an apartment that you rent. You can swap that with somebody else in a different city, not pay a single thing, and leverage your own property. Oh, that's going to work. You got to come back in and talk about just about that. Yeah, I'd love to. So one of my friends founded it in 2018. There's over a million users already. And he heard that I was exiting Monkey. So about six months ago, when he heard that these talks were were in process, he asked me to come on board. I said, you know what? I don't know if I can work for a close friend. I can't work for anybody, really. But we have to see if we can work together, how it goes. So I took an equity position, came on as the better jump on that, buddy. Came on as the chief strategy officer. We tried it for a month just to make sure we didn't kill each other, that we <laughs> mesh well in the whole work environment instead of the social environment. It worked out great. So I'm all in now on that project. And this is gonna be one to watch. So I predict IPO in the next three to four years in this one. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Hell yeah. Congratulations. So that's the newest adventure that I'm really excited about. Real. There's one thing I can say about Alex. He's always two, three steps ahead. Always, always. I try Everything to be. he does. That's, that's a move. That's a move, Alex. Me and you got to talk about that. On, on, so on, so on. Watch, watch this one. This is a really yeah, You'll definitely have to have him here one-on-one, Mr. <laughs> well, on that one. Yeah. And what do you got coming up? I know you got more shit opening up. Uh, you know, we're slowly coming into the... Uh, you know, the football season, my birthday comes up in September. I'm not telling you how old I am. Um, 51. <laughs> 51, allegedly. I'm recently single. My girlfriend, you know, started losing weight, started dating again. So now I'm, you know, in the market. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> no, but um, but uh, let's see here. I've got the uh, Crypto Connect NFT. I know crypto hasn't been doing so well. Obviously, we don't talk about it too much. But, uh, you know, NFTs, I guess, is kind of what is trending within that whole that whole arena of a uh, digital currency. Yeah, talk um, about the crypto. You have an event coming up. To talk about it's it. It's this weekend. We got two thousand people attending. We're actually, you know, doing a lot for the community. We're doing a lot for the local businesses because they're about to have two thousand people that either are going to go to your bars, restaurants, hotels. Uh, we're we're pumping some business here. So, um, you know, West Palm can thank us for that. And uh, you know, regardless of what people's belief systems are, there's always a market to tap into to do events. And to capture that audience and, you know, hey, I'm not dating all the time, but hey, there's speed dating events right there. You know, I mean, I'll do a bar crawl. Hey, I'm not jumping. I'm not going to 20 different bars, but I know that there's other people that will. So I'm always finding ways to tap myself into markets where I can make money because I'm tired of asking Alex, Nick, hey, can you come? Not that I'm tired, but it gets old when you're trying to rely on your same friends to support, support, support. And they got lives. But guess what? If you find that following of people that can do things where you don't really have to sell yourself. And make money, Psh, more power to you. So we have that this weekend. I'm working with uh, Alex Triff, uh, Scott Roseman. In fact, those are the two main guys spearheading it. Um, they've got an incredible team. I'm emceeing it. I've got some special events happening at the um, at 335, which Alex will be there and uh, supporting. But um, yeah, I mean, those are things coming up. Um, 
about some fashion shows in the work. And then, of course, you know, the big Super Bowl that's coming next year, obviously, is our Wings Wheels, which we are starting to plan now and see how we can make it bigger, better, and better. So, And by the way, I sponsored. Well, yes, you were. Yeah, thank you for your support. <laughs> Just want to yes. throw that out there. Yeah, we appreciate thank, that. Thank you for your support. Whoever made that uh, Crawl of Th- Thrones? I made that flight. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. That is badass. That is really, really Well, cool. their new season starts this Sunday. So, again, piggybacking. Um, I can tell you last year, Halloween, the Halloween crawl that I did, um, I was just going to do just a generic crawl, six bars, bounce around, you know, and then a friend of mine pitched me the idea, Hey, uh, squid, squid games, you should check it out. I'm dude, I don't binge watch, but okay, I'll check it out. I went on Netflix. I got hooked on it, watched it. I changed the whole crawl system around to, to the actual series and made it into more interactive where you're playing games contest everything next you know 333 people when i changed it in less than 20 days 333 people bought tickets well just look at mr beast yeah he's the biggest do you know that is the uh is that the lion thing or <clears throat> no mr beast he's a youtube guy yeah you know i've, heard, oh, I've yeah. heard of him yeah. yeah yeah he came out with the squid games he did the squid games <clears throat> oh they're gonna do the real squid games now this season two but go ahead no but i mean on youtube with this mr beast guy he is the biggest guy on youtube he gets 300 million views every single video really yeah and he's fucking 22. What? What's he and do? He makes, he like builds the, he like, he'll get, he'll get like an event like you do. And he'll get, say, 300 people. And they'll do that squid game thing and shoot them. And then somebody at the end wins 20 grand or whatever. And then he'll make another event, whatever, like squid games. Wow. Did games, whatever. And then he got so big. The kid's so smart at 22. Then every kid in the world knows him. Every kid. I didn't even know who he was. I just saw him on Rogan. So then he's killing it. So then he goes around to like these little burger joints and he says, look, I'm going to put my Mr. Beast burger in here for three months and then I'm taking it out and I'm taking all the profit, but I'm going to put my name on there to help you out. And this kid did this in 40 states. So he would go and pretty smart. He would go because he knows he's the biggest YouTuber. He knows that every kid in the planet knows who he is. So he goes to like the. My, not mom and pop, but mid-level, you know, burger shops and says, look, put my name on it. I get all the money. After three months, I take it back and I move on. That's, what, that's a move. Pretty smart. <laughs> that's yeah. So all the kids want to go there. Yeah, because they want to see Mr. Beast. You know, they want to have the Beast Burger. Crazy, right? Pretty crazy. Wow. At 22. Good for him. And then he makes these uh, these crazy NFT things. I mean, crazy. And he, he's really big. And he makes one a day. Every single day he makes one. So, I mean, this kid's into everything. He's on a whole nother level. I had, uh, you know, against Bitcoin I am, I had uh, Sam, <laughs> Sam Arms in. He's like the Florida Bitcoin associate. He's like the top guy in Florida. He like this government. He's with the Santos with this thing. He got the 109 million. Wow. He got the 109 million uh, thing approved from the Santos for the, the crypto. He almost got me sold on it. Almost. He had me thinking maybe, maybe. So maybe I'll go to your... I mean, Alex and I were talking about this on the way over here. You know, like my thoughts about it. I try to, you know, obviously I promote the event itself and you know, I've had money invested in it and do, you know, do I have it now? You know, I mean, I'm not going to talk about all that in great detail. But I was telling Alex that you obviously, we're coming to a point with the digital currency where you kind of need... Where in the beginning you worried that the government was going to come and squash it, and maybe they did in some ways, but now you really kind of need their help to kind of give it that extra jump start. And if they do in certain ways, then making digital currency a sector of, of our, you know, of our money, then 
if it becomes one of those, then if it becomes a sector, then you're riding that wave because that is going to be explosive. But until we get that kind of help from a lot of different avenues of politicians, uh, we're still going to kind of just be, you're still, you're still going to be on a paddleboard or a surfboard just waiting for that wave to kick in. And it's yeah. just, it's got to. And speculating. Yes, correct. It's kind of one of those things, the only thing that you want the government to step in within. So then at least, you know, there's some type of regulation. Correct. You know, so, I mean, I don't think it will be Bitcoin, but I think that the blockchain, the, the base of it is. That's here to stay. Yeah. The blockchain what is definitely here to stay. What do you think about stay. everything? The, the blockchain, I think, is a great thing because mm -hmm. you'll, you'll never lose data. You'll Correct. never lose in, information. So, so I like the, the whole blockchain thing. Yeah. Are you attending uh, the event this weekend? I think so. As yeah. long as I stay in town. Yeah. Oh, you might have to fly somewhere. It's gonna be a great two, it's gonna be a great two days. And listen, if anything, you know, you educate yourself and then you can make your own decisions. You know, you can watch your own YouTube channels and, and do your own research online and hear what these speakers have to say. And if it follows the line, then great. If not, I, you know, I no one's telling you, Hey, we want you to show up and here invest here, here, here. Yeah. No, it's just it's it's education and you know, uh, power is everything, knowledge is everything. So I, I think the blockchain is something really to learn mm -hmm. to really study because like it's not going. I don't think that's going anywhere. Cause you can, you can build like anything on that. Safely, so, safely, and yeah. never lose information. Yeah, cause yeah. it's decentralized, right? And if if the <laughs> if the cryptos could find a way to protect people, so you can't get hacked, I think that'll be my biggest worry. If I had a big portfolio of crypto, that True. some hacker from Russia hacks you, it's all gone. And it can happen. It can happen. It can. I, I know people. It's happened to. Yeah, and like the NFT thing. The only thing. I hate the <clears throat> NFT thing because you see that picture there, the Paramount made, and you look cool as shit. Somebody could take that, make that an NFT, sell it for $50,000. You never signed it. There's no copyright. It's, yeah. it's Bitcoin or crypto. And they just sold 300 copies of your picture. They just made it a little bit different, and there's nothing you can do. Yeah, see, I think that's the whole hot potato game. Whoever has it last loses yeah, because, because there's no real tangible value. Anybody can take a screenshot of it. Yeah. So it, it, I saw it, like Jordan and like Kobe. You know, you could buy Kobe for like $22,000 and it's a picture. Kobe's, Kobe, what do you think? They signed off on that? So, I mean, at some point this has to come back and and crush these people, right? You would there's think. no copy. I mean, fuck. I mean, you're, you're branding. I mean, you can't be using guys uh, like that. Hot potato. <laughs> Just stay away from that for now, right? All right, guys. Well, thank you for your time. Hope you guys come back in. Thank yeah, you man, very thank you much. Man. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having man. us. Really appreciate it, and can't really look forward to working together in the future. Absolutely. Thank you, Vic. As always, it's Alex. A pleasure. Pleasure, man. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you.